Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice. Mike, how you doing? Doing great, Matt. Wait, what happened to the big intro with all the station radio numbers and where everybody's listening? You, you want to hear all the station <laughs> stuff? We're on WKXL broadcast out of Concord and Manchester. The Manchester broadcast is relatively new, but it's right in the middle of the FM radio dial. It's like prime real estate. It's location in real estate. In radio, it's the same thing. We're in the middle of the radio dial in Manchester, the biggest city in Is that in true? Manchester. Oh, yeah. Do you want to be right in the middle? Oh, yeah. You don't want to be up on the end. You want to be in the And we're on 1450 AM because people still listen to AM radio. It's amazing how many people. (laughs) We reach tens of thousands of people on radio. People dismiss, like, older technologies. They shouldn't. A lot of people still listen to radio. And by the way, if you're listening to us on the radio, we really do appreciate you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for subscribing to the Capital Close-Up podcast or the Investing for Entrepreneurs Financial planning. Financial planning for entrepreneurs podcast (laughs) with Mike Warren. The reason I'm hedging, by the way, on the name of Mike Warren's podcast is he's considering changing it. Maybe you should just make it not the Facebook. Just make it Facebook. It's cleaner. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Hey. It's just the podcast. Just the the podcast. Oh, yeah. Everyone will listen. Or no, just call it podcast. It's like the snakes on a plane version <laughs> of naming on a plane. It's like, What's this movie hey, about? I know exactly what I'm going to get here. It's like going to a restaurant called Food on a Plate. All right. So <laughs> <The> plate. <laughs> we're on a great run of listener no, questions. No. Before I read this week's listener question, Mike, let's remind people, if you're listening to this and you want to submit a question for Mike Morton, what do you do? How, you can email. What's the email yep. address? Financialplanningpod at gmail.com. There you go. You can also look up the Beyond Politics with Paul Hodes and Matt Robeson Facebook page. That's where you can find the overall Beyond Politics slot. This show fits into that 4 to 6 p.m. every weekday hour where we are on. We're on other times on WKXL as well. Okay, so keep those questions coming. But I've got a really good one here, and let's just read it. Okay, the listener writes, We've been saving for college for our three kids, age 7, 9, and 12, for several years using... 529 plans that are timed to our kids' high school graduation. Up until now, we thought we were doing well. This past year, we had a great year and saved almost $60,000 for college and also put away some for retirement. But now, we're thinking about switching to a private school that would cost almost as much for our kids as what we saved last year. And we're probably not saving enough as it is to be able to afford the most expensive colleges. What should we do? Should we consider getting more aggressive with our allocation to try to earn more return? Should we forget IRA contributions and focus more on college 529s? All right, so look, without revealing too much personal information to the listeners here, I'll tell you why I love this question. Mike, you and I both have three kids. (laughs) And so I, I relate a little bit to the idea of you've got three kids, and it seems like no matter how much you save... You might not be saving enough for college. I guarantee you, I've looked at some of the numbers. I am not saving enough for college. Very few people are saving enough for college. College is going to cost an astounding amount at current trends. So to me, what I I really like about this question is, regardless of the particular reason that you might have new expenses or maybe even less income, your situation has changed and you're already a little bit behind the eight ball, as most of us are when it comes to college savings. But now you're going to be even further back. 
What do you do? I, I, I love the setup. Right. So there's a lot in here to discuss because there's a shifting to the private school. And so I can tell that's a question like using the five two nines and saving for college, but also maybe there's something there on the private school and shifting there. And then the IRAs getting more aggressive. And so I do want to take each of the questions here. But I do, I agree with you, Matt. Overarching, you got three kids. Congratulations on uh, <laughs> having three kids. I don't know. Is eight? Congratulations. I don't know. <laughs> I would now like my kids who occasionally listen to this podcast to put to just just hit that forward that thirty second skip <laughs> button. On the other hand, wow, kids cost a lot. And also, you see all this gray hair for people who watch us on video. My goodness! But anyway, go on. Yes, right. congratulations on your three children, and also congratulations on saving so much. Holy smokes! So you said here in the question, you're saving almost sixty thousand for college and putting away some for retirement. It's probably a great savings rate and just a lot of money that you put away last year. So that's awesome and really great job and probably been doing that for a while, saving up. And so that's tremendous. So you deserve a pat on the back just for that alone. Thinking about the future, setting aside resources for the future is just great and supporting your kids on their educational journey. That is, that's wonderful. So obviously it's important value to you. And it's wonderful to be able to do those kinds of things. So that's really important to recognize at the start. Now, let's talk about the big picture. There are, we always have expenses and we're going to want to pay for those. So in this situation, wanting to pay for college, so saving ahead for college, and now a change that there's private school. The public school is not maybe what you need or what your kids need. And so you're thinking about making that switch and paying for private school, which is obviously very expensive as well. So we have a real uptick in our expenses. And if you want to cover those, then you're going to be paying for those. And (laughs) that's an obvious statement. But what I'm trying to get at is if you are going to pay $500,000 for college and you're going to pay $500,000, you know, $60,000 a year for private school for five to eight years, so maybe another $500,000 for private school, you're going to be paying that money from somewhere. So it has to come from your earnings from your income. It has to come from your savings, whether that's 529, brokerage accounts, whatever it is. If that's what you want to do, if that's a goal you have, you know, to support your kid's education, just recognize at the high level, the first thing to understand is we're going to be paying for that from somewhere. Immediately borrowing money, paying from 529s, paying from brokerage accounts, paying from your salaries and, and income. It's going to be coming from somewhere. And so that's going to affect the long-term picture. Now, that said, of course, in this question is the logistics. How, what's the best way of doing that? Should I use 529? Should I invest in this way? Should I use my IRAs? We're yeah. going to talk about those logistics as well. But I first want to recognize that you're going to be paying a significant amount of money for an expense that's important to you, and it's going to come out of somewhere. So, look, I think that's there's a lot I identify with in, in what you just said, because to me personally, you do ask the question of what's the money for and mm-hmm. ultimately I, I have a my my old roommate back from college used to say from a, he's an economist and from an economist standpoint there's there's really only spending they're spending now <laughs> or spending in the That's future right. so you save to spend on something in the future and so it's really the question of well how do you set the, those priorities so it really resonates with me when you say, look, the money's coming from somewhere. You're, you're going to be spending it now or you're saving it so that you can spend it on this important thing later. Makes sense. Yeah. And to me personally, 
Nothing more important than investing in your kid's education. Yeah, I'm all good. But how do you do that? Yeah. How do so you- the reason I say that up front and make that recognition is because we get caught up in the logistics. And that's the question here at the end. You know, do I save more in my 529s? Do I use the 529s for the private school? Do I save into the IRAs? Can I not? Should I invest more aggressively? We get caught up in the details, but recognize you're going to be spending $500,000 on private school education. You're going to be spending $500,000 on college education for three kids. Yeah, no joke. Kids are fairly expensive. So that is going to come from somewhere. And we're going to do the best job we can to maximize either tax savings or growth and investments to be able to afford that. That's the logistics and the tactics. Okay. But don't get too caught up in that Mm. at the start. First, recognize this is important to us. We're going to spend this money now and in the future to support these goals. In this case, the education of our children. All right. So now let's dig into some of the specifics the logistics. How can we save as much as possible either from a tax perspective by using 529s or IRAs, set yourself up for future success. Your own retirement has to come into play here. Gets lots of questions around that. Should I save in 529s? Should I save for my retirement? Okay, we're definitely going to dive into that a little bit. And then the other thing was, oh, should we consider being more aggressive with our allocation to try to earn more returns? All right, where do you want to start? I'm going to start with the 529s. One thing you can do is run current expenses through a 529 account. So if you are changing over to private school, Mm. all right, and before you're in public school, you don't have any education expenses that 529s will qualify for because your kids are still only 7, 9, and 12 in the public school system. But now you're going to private school. You can cover, 529s can be used for $10,000 a year per child to cover tuition from K through 12. So it could be private school, tuition, $10,000 per child can be used from Mm. a 529. Okay, so you've got some money in your 529. What's that? Why is that better? So that would be better than letting it sit there and continue to rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good question. So what I said was you could use your 529 money. So maybe you've got 100,000. You said, oh, you saved 60,000 last year alone. So you probably have well over 100,000 in there for th- across three kids. And so you've got money in there. Should you use the money from the 529 to pay for private school or should you use or save, continue to save that for mm-hmm. college? So let's tackle that. I would first consider running current, I said running current expenses through the 529. This is an account funding priority. We had this episode on the podcast uh, about a month ago. Definitely go back and check that out. But this is like number two, run current expenses through the 529. What I mean is you can take 10,000, add it to the 529, and then spend 10,000 out of the 529 in the same year. And you may get a state tax deduction for your contributions to the 529. So if you run current expenses, even if you didn't say this situation doesn't apply to you, but you have current expenses, think about running them through a 529 for the state tax deduction. States like Virginia, you could save a thousand bucks right, right off the top by doing that. So instead of paying 10,000, you're really only paying nine because you get a thousand dollar state tax deduction. So you have to look up the details of your state, but you can do that. So I definitely, I would definitely start there. Look, I, I, there, there are limits to how much you can contribute to a 529, but I'm gathering that with the amount of expenses in this case, although I want to, I do want to keep this general because obviously this, this general type of situation could apply to lots and lots of listeners who are trying to save for college and are looking at 
their expenses and perhaps new expenses and whether it all matches up. But at what point do you worry about bumping up against those 529 contribution limits? So there are contribution limits, and it's really around gifting rules. I see. So the gifts right now, last year it was 15000 per person that you could gift without any um, tax consequences. I see. So if you have two parents, they could both put in 15000 per child because it's per the beneficiary. It's a gift, completed gift through oh, the 529. Wow. So you could do up to 30000 as two parents per beneficiary, okay, in the 529. So again, to your, the question here, you might want to save all that 30000 for the future college expense, but you might be able to use... 10 of it for the current, put the contribution in the 529 and then spend from the 529. I see. Let's decouple the two. If you put the money into the 529 anyway, you're getting your state tax deduction. So now let's talk about, oh, Mike, I'm already putting in 60,000 a year. So I'm getting my good state tax deduction for those contributions. Should I spend the money from my 529 on current expenses or should I save it? For college expenses. The answer there is, again, going back to you're going to spend this money, okay? So we want to be cognizant of how much balance you have in the 529. Do you expect you're going to use that all for college? And I really want you to be pretty confident you're going to use all of it for college. If you are confident you're going to use all that for college, it's going to grow and earn that 5 mm. to 8% return for the next five years till the kids are in college and you're going to spend it. If you're like, geez, I have a balance of 100,000 and I know with a 5% growth that and the college ex- that I expect my child to go to we're definitely going to spend all that then I would leave the money invested in the 529 because see. you're going to let it grow and then you're going to spend it I see and if you find because in this case we have three kids too but if you find that maybe you don't spend all of it for one kid but you do for another kid. One kid goes to a more expensive school than another. You can actually transfer, right, between the kids. So it doesn't matter as much which of those accounts it's in. That's correct. You can transfer. So that's not really a big deal. we got three kids. We can definitely think it as, as one big pool of money across those kids who get, you know, which college yeah, they go to, how many scholarships they get, and, and things like that. But let's go back to, should you use the the current balance? If you're confident, you will spend all of it Mm. for college in the future. Go ahead and let it grow. Go ahead and leave it invested. I see. If you're not sure, then spend some of it now and save some of it for the future. So use your current income to pay for the private school and maybe pull out five or 10,000 per kid from the 529 to pay for the current private school to draw down your 529s a little bit, let the rest continue to grow, but draw it down a little bit if you're not confident that you will definitely spend all of it for college. Because the point is, you don't want to end up with a balance. You have a large cost, private school and college for three kids, a very large cost. We don't want to end up in 10 or 15 years with a balance in your 529s. Mm-hmm. But you would have sacrificed, right, to, to pay from your income, or from your brokerage accounts or other things, and then you'd end up with a balance in your 529. That wouldn't make sense. You definitely want to spend all your 529 by the time the kids are done college to support that private school and the college expenses. So if you are confident about that, and let's say the, the, the situation is more along the lines that I think a lot of people find themselves in, which is given the outrageous cost of colleges, 
the more yep. expensive one. You might be looking ahead and saying, I- I'm, I'm never going to save enough. What about the aspect of the question of, should I get more aggressive? Should I tilt over into stocks in the allocation to see if I can maximize return, even though I'm taking on some more risk? What, what about that idea? Yeah, that's a really tough one because it's very individualized. I would err on no, probably just leave it in that, that target date. Mm. You know, a lot of the, the five two nines have the, the college date mm. and it shifts to be less aggressive. Your twelve year olds will be less aggressive than your seven year olds account. So they'll grow at different rates. I would tend to start there. But depending on your particular situation, if you're willing to live with potentially less, you could ratchet up the exposure. So push out that target date. Or a lot of them will let you choose instead of a 50-50 portfolio, I'll be 75% stocks, 25% bonds, even though the target date for that 12-year-old will be closer to 50-50. You can do that, but recognize, yeah, say 60 or 70% of the time, you'll come out ahead. But 30 or 40% of the time, you'll come out behind. So the odds are in your favor because the Mm. stock market tends to go up more than bonds. So the odds are in your favor in five years, if you're more aggressive to have more money, knowing that there's a downside too. Yeah. Hey, there's a 30 or 40% chance that you'll have a little bit less money. Now we're talking on the margins. Look, 50-50 portfolio for that 12-year-old or a 75% stock, 25% bond. One of them will be better in five years. I don't know which. I would say the, the he- more aggressive, like I just said, has a slightly higher chance of having more money because that's historically how it works. But I wouldn't stretch too much there or worry about it too much because it's not going to change too much on the margins. And what about the aspect of the question where, and I think this probably goes back to that episode we did on account funding priority. That was a great episode, really important because it seems like a luxury item. It's, oh, you have so much money lying around. I just can't choose which of my investments. I, that, that wasn't really the point of the episode at all. Nope. It was, you have one more dollar. Where do you put it? Okay. Yeah. You have two more dollars. Where do you put it? And I, I, so I could just see a flavor in the question here of the inverse of this, which is, do we need to, in a situation like this, where, again, for college, this is the need, this is the future spending need that comes up first. So if you're in a situation where you're putting some away for college and some away for retirement, because college is coming sooner than retirement, should you be tilting even more toward the college side or yeah. should you keep things the way they are? Yeah, so I, I would totally put it the other way. I'm a big fan of funding your retirement over college expenses. Mm. And the reason is there's a lot of different ways to pay for college. There's not a lot of different ways to pay for retirement. (laughs) There's just you and maybe social security. And maybe social security, (laughs) right. (laughs) Okay. So you do have to be diligent about saving year in and year out for your own retirement. And I would also throw it the other way too. You have a much, potentially, if you've got a seven and nine and 12 year old, I'm thinking your retirement, you said, is further out than college. So therefore the compounding on the saving for retirement is going to work out in your favor where you can be more aggressive and take advantage of the higher growth of stocks with a longer time horizon and more compounding than you can with college. So no one's going to fund your retirement except you. 
And so that's really important. So the question here, the last one, should we forget the IRA contributions and focus on 529s? I would totally throw it the other way and say, no, you want to max out your IRAs uh, and 529s come after. And the mm-hmm. other thing I would say is you can use, especially if you use a Roth IRA, you definitely want to max those out because you can use the Roth, you can take back contributions out of your Roth IRA and use them for anything. So you could use them for college, but you can use contributions for anything and you can even use the growth and earnings in a Roth IRA to pay for some college expenses. Mm-hmm. So it's another account that you could use for college expenses. I don't want you to, I really want it to be for retirement, but if you can fund a Roth IRA, I would definitely look at maximizing that over the fall. Although I'm guessing in this particular situation, if someone in the question said that they had a good year last yep. year, so that yeah, does so bring up the tax question, I guess, a little bit. But it could bit. be a backdoor Roth IRA. Oh, so if you can oh, do a backdoor Roth, then you can do that. The other thing to look at there is your 401ks. You know, we weren't mentioned here, but a lot of those have Roth options. And also I would look at after-tax contributions to your 401k that you can roll over to a Roth side. The point is the Roth side of things, the Roth side of the 401k or your Roth IRAs have more growth potential and retirement potential. I would definitely look there. And so then circling back as well, Matt, I did want to make this, it's hard to pre-save for hundred percent of college costs. Are you, right. I said, are you confident you're going to spend all that? You're probably pretty confident. Like <laughs> college costs are going way up. So we just have to recognize that and say, okay, this is the amount I'm going to pre-save. A lot of people I work with, we start with one third, one third, one third, one third. I'm going to pre-save maybe in my five, two nines, one third, I'm going to pay for my current income during those college years. The kids aren't at home and, and paying for those expenses. I'm paying for college expenses. And then one third, maybe the kids have some skin in the game by taking out some student loans or working or whatever it is. And they're involved in their own college education. So I start there with a lot of clients and then we'll morph that around. But it's a good starting point to think about those thirds. That's helpful. And just bringing it full circle. And and this is the part that I find personally helpful is where you started. Um, because what you just said is, you have to start by letting go in a way. You have to accept the fact that if you're fortunate enough to, first of all, have three kids, where I, all kidding aside, I'm lucky that, to have kids, and you're in the position of worrying about, hey, they might go to expensive colleges. Great. Good for you. That's awesome for mm-hmm. them in their lives. That's awesome for you. You probably are not going to be able to pre-save for all of it. So in that case, it's... You can almost let go of the stress of, am I going to get there? Should I get rid of my IRA? Should I put everything in the Peruvian mining industry? It's high risk, but boy, the returns would be great. You, you should just embrace the fact that, yeah, that is an expense. And it goes back to where we started, which is they're spending now, spending in the future. And so if you prioritize this spending need highly, and this is where you want to put your spending then you'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I agree going back to that. And the logistics are important, but just don't, again, don't get caught up in them. We do want to get some tax savings if we can. We do want to have tax-free growth where we can, but we're going to just end up spending the, spending this money in the future. Uh, recognize that first and then just make the best allocations that work for you. All right, so to the listener, just make sure your kids say thank you as often as possible. And <laughs> with that, we'll stop there. Great advice, Mike Morton Financial Advice. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn 
or mortonfinancialadvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.